0: Welcome to the Auburn Possibility Podcast. Here we're going to talk with Auburn localites, all with something to say about their fair micropolis. From cool jobs to showing community love, they all share one thing in common. And that's taking root right in Auburn, New York. So thanks for listening. I'm Lisa Cribbs, and let's begin. Hey, Gwen, thanks for joining us today.
1: Well, thank you for having me. <laughs>
0: Well, you know, we were really excited to have the opportunity to spend a couple minutes with you today, Um, you know, just because through and through on our end and obviously um, from everyone that we talked to, you are truly an Auburn rock star, so I'm not even sure exactly where to dig in, but I thought that maybe we could start with maybe you telling us um, just like your your story, you know, what brought you back to Auburn or -hmm. what keeps you there?
1: great well i actually am not born and bred here in auburn i was recruited to move to auburn in around 1980 and i was recruited to come here by a local not-for-profit the cuba seneca community action agency and my first assignment here i was the director of human, a uh, coordinator of human services programs for the agency and my first big assignment was to formalize um a domestic violence program that the agency had been running as a safe house system with volunteers. And they'd received a grant and hired my little 20 something year old self to move to Auburn to take on that big responsibility. And then I met and married my husband here. I have two adult children and two grandchildren. And then I started owning businesses in Auburn around 1990. And the combination of those things have kept me in the community
0: amazing that's that's really cool that um you were first brought here by uh sounds like an amazing non-profit doing really important mm-hmm. things um yes where where were you uh uh where did you come from
1: yeah i actually am an army brat <laughs> mm. so i I've, I've, was born in germany and i've lived in every section of the united states except for hawaii new england and alaska and my father's last tour of duty was he was stationed um right after he came home from Vietnam to be the director of logistics at what was then known as Camp Drum. Mm-hmm. And then my father's job was to turn it into transit, help transition it into Fort Drum, which is a very major military base in the United States now. Wow. And that's wow. where I grew up. So I grew up on the military base. And then when my father retired from the military, we moved to a little village just outside of Fort Drum mm-hmm. called Black River. And that's home for me. Mm-hmm. So I had graduated from SUNY Potsdam had lived in D.C. for a while, was home, um, worked in that area for a while for a Planned Parenthood. And the woman who is the executive director there actually left that organization to come to work for the Cuba Seneca Community Action Agency. And then when they were looking to fill this position, she had them call me. So, yeah, it's a full circle moment.
0: That's a great, uh, incredible story. I love that. And so. Uh, Fort Drum, you must be very familiar with uh, the Route 81, and uh, certainly mm-hmm. the the wonderful winters <laughs> that absolutely. extend up there.
1: <laughs> Many a times, my aunts and uncles who are Southerners would call and say, "Are you out right?" Because where you live is the coldest place in America. Right mm-hmm. <laughs> You're like, "Yeah." For a bunch of, well, my mother and father are both Southerners. We just kept shaking our heads, like, "Why do you still live here?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but dad passed away. But my mom still lives there.
0: Yeah you know one of the questions that i like to ask is what what has been your overall experience um having been here since the, uh you know since the 80s or mm-hmm. so i think is is um is really interesting in terms of you must have seen um the the small micropolis of auburn new york evolve mm-hmm. over time and you know what has that experience been like
1: yeah you know it's it's very very interesting you know one of the things i'm very um in and on purpose about my work and my career. I'm very strategic about where I move and where I choose to live and why. And a couple of things have been really interesting to me. You know, I've never, as a young person, only lived in one place maybe two or three years at a time. So for me to live in a community and marry someone whose DNA is literally in the dirt of this community, right, goes Mm -hmm. extends back to close to its founding. And then for me, as an adult, to make a conscious choice to stay rooted someplace, Um, for at this point, what seems to be like the rest of my life has been very interesting to me. And, you know, what's been really, I was also attracted to the community because of its history. And as an African-American woman, knowing that I could live where Harriet Tubman chose to live and lived out her final years was also very inspiring to me. A funny point is that my house is literally geographically located about, 10 minutes from where she's buried and 10 minutes from where she lives. So I have some <laughs> spiritual reaction to that as, a, as an African-American woman leader. Uh, but it's been really exciting for me to watch Auburn go from a small city, you know, transitioning from a city that's been driven by an economy that was grounded in big manufacturing companies to watch those companies close, watch the community struggle to get its footing, and then to watch where it is today, which is mm-hmm. this, to me, really cool increasingly hip place to live with art and music and theater and watching the economic community the development work focus somehow on sustaining those hallmark companies that are choosing to stay here while becoming responsive to the changing needs of these new generation entrepreneurs it's very exciting for me mm, What that happened
0: that's really cool absolutely and it really seems like you know um there is a momentum built in right now that you can't just, you know, that doesn't seem to exist just anywhere. And I think Mm -hmm. that that really is, is something extra special that is happening with Auburn, despite that there's always going to be some people, you know, that are not into change or, you Mm -hmm. know, any type of forward thinking necessarily, but the majority certainly seems excited and just is really rooting for, you know, um, Auburn to continue to be, Um, forward-facing and just have an incredible future ahead so yeah i have an
1: observation about that too i think it's incredibly exciting and i think it's a combination of um many people who did not grow up here moving here and seeing opportunity and Mm -hmm. creating the breweries a number of other kinds of businesses here the arts businesses businesses like mine, um, some younger entrepreneurs who are, you know, starting their underground hip hop businesses here and building out studios. I think there's that kind of energy in the community. Also, I see young people who have spent their entire lives here choosing to, to, who have moved away, choosing to come back and raise their families here and becoming entrepreneurs. And then I'm watching, you know, chronologically, my generation, baby boomers, kind of wrap their heads all around this, and they may not understand it all, but they know that they want their children and grandchildren to thrive, so they're doing their best to understand, you know, what's happening and why the community has some shifts demographically as well in terms of economic strategy, and I think the combination of all those things is that energy. So Auburn feels like an airplane just before it takes off to me.
0: Mm. Oh, you know like that, that interesting
1: tension you sit yeah, in? That's, that's what it feels like living and work and having a business here
0: I love that. Um, and I, I just wanted to, to rewind a tiny bit to what you were saying Mm -hmm. about living in between, um, you know, uh, Harry Tubman's, uh, where she spent her days and then obviously, Mm -hmm. or by the cemetery. And I, you know, obviously it's, you know, being black history month, I was, Mm -hmm. um, I noticed that you were doing that, uh, diversity and leadership work session for the New York state business council. Has that, Mm -hmm. um, do opportunities like that come, you know, come across in terms of just like your um, career and professionalism and areas of focus when it comes to leadership?
1: Yeah. Well, my company Gwen Inc is based here in Auburn and most of our business is concentrated in New York state and we work nationally. So Mm -hmm. what's been really interesting about that is that, um, you know, Because we're all working virtually, I can do my work anywhere, right? Mm -hmm. And the other thing is that my company is a private sector leadership development corporation. So we specialize in, um, you know, helping leaders develop the competencies of confidence, competence, courage, and calm as part of their leadership tool chest to drive their business outcomes. And in that context, the specialty set of services we have is we help companies and organizations develop diversity, equity, and inclusion strategies, and then we do specific targeted executive coaching for emerging minority and women leaders. And so I would say given just sort of the, the energy and the country right now, and I think people becoming increasingly aware. About issues of diversity as well as people paying attention to the trend data that says that 85% of new entrants entering the workforce over the next five to ten years will be female millennial and people of color Mm -hmm. many of our clients now are calling us to help them be strategic and thoughtful about Mm -hmm. what strategies do they need to put in place in their companies to consistently demonstrate commitment to diversity equity and inclusion as a resource to help drive their business outcomes so we are incredibly busy right now and oh, our clients across industry so they're people in education they're private sector companies they're not-for-profits there are individual leaders who are breaking the glass ceilings in their company being the first and only minority or woman so we're very very busy as a result of that and i don't think it's an accident that i have a company that's based here where harriet tubman you know lived Mm -hmm. and you know in her later years and that this is that i have a company that's a focused on leadership and b that we have this specialty i feel historically obligated to do that work
0: that's awesome gwen and um just just to have a bit of background information on that how long has um gwen inc been been in business
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I've been all I've been an entrepreneur since 1990. So mm-hmm. Gwen Inc is the third business that I've owned um, I started my first business with uh, former mayor Molina Carnicelli And it was Treble associates a full-service marketing and project management firm mm-hmm. and then I had a private consulting practice um, That was Gwen Weber McCloud, inspiring people to new levels of leadership where I really started to Focus my energy on making emerging and established leaders my only clients and then I incorporated Gwen Inc in 2008 and I decided when I did it it was going to be my legacy building business so it's the business I decided that I would do the work that I believe I was called to do um, with the desire to have a very specific impact um, Mm on the lives of my clients and then I think it's an extension of that in the community the country and the state so Inc. has been in existence since 2008, June 3rd, 2008 is when we incorporated.
0: Incredible. That's so great. And it's clear that your successes are directly tied to your community and, mm-hmm. you know, that you're just, just dedicated to that. I think that that's wonderful. Oh, I know. And I was going to ask you, too, about um, uh, your you know i'm assuming this is virtual this year but um Mm -hmm. your your annual conference Mm -hmm. yes
1: well you can't fail is the the conference itself was a product of my private sector business Inc. for about its first eight to ten years and i was very intentional about doing that because i decided that i want my legacy to be strategically focused on creating pathways for new generations of women leaders um and women leaders of color as well and so i piloted that conference so i could build a business model around it with the strategic intent at a certain point i was going to push it out of its own freestanding not-for-profit so you can't fail the conference is now you can't fail incorporated a not-for-profit that's run by women under the age of 50 and they have two signature programs one of them is the conference that we do it we're in a planning mode right now we typically do it every other year and then we have a learning community called the you can't fail learning community that's a six-month leadership intensive for women that um, focuses also on the unique journey to leadership for women of color. So we're very excited about those two conferences. And we've been able to bring some pretty major people into the area to come Mm -hmm. speak to these conferences. So I was very excited about it. I incubated the idea for my company for about 10 years. I just thought about it. And this is the truth. People kind of think of cuckoo. But I was literally driving home from a meeting in Rochester, and I hear in my head, the moment is now. I had a very (laughs) interesting conversation with somebody who said, I think you want to, you know, you're planning to do something big, but you're scared to do it. I said, say more about that, because I just had an interesting experience. Mm. And once it was confirmed, you know, in my mind that this is what I was supposed to do, I just put everything in motion. So part of that incubation was... Imagining a conference designed for emerging women leaders with emphasis on the unique journey of women leaders of color and to see what happened. And here we are, geez, almost 10 years later, 11 years later. It's been, you know, brought people into the central New York area from all over the country. We've had pretty major speakers. One of them that that just recently made an announcement is Natasha Alford, who is from Syracuse, but going to become a CNN political analyst. And the Mm -hmm. women that have gone through that program report to us regularly that it was transformational and they are literally pursuing their wildest dreams as a result of having that experience. So I'm very honored to have been the birth mother <laughs> to that great idea and to have passed it on to a bunch of my mentees, young women that are just I said, this is yours and I'm, you know, be your founder and raise money, but I want you to create an organization that helps you get recruited, hired, promoted and positioned for leadership in across your industry. So I'm very excited
0: about that. Oh, that's wonderful, Gwen, and so, so needed, and especially now more than ever. So that's, that's right. really, really great.
1: Yeah, and I'm glad that Trent Aida caught up with my great
0: idea. <laughs> yeah, For, in, in more than one way. Absolutely, exactly. I'm very glad.
1: <laughs> now, we all know that the future is female because, you know, 85% of new entrants are going to be female, millennial, mm-hmm. people of color. So I'm yeah. glad I was ahead of my time on that one because these women are kicking butt and taking names in the world yeah. of work. Yeah, and it also speaks to something that my company does with, you know, companies and not organizations, all of our clients, but it's also something I think that our community needs to be paying attention to, which is that data, right? And one of the things that I see already unfolding in Auburn and Cuba Cuba County is the increasing numbers of women who are seeking high level, executive level um, positions across. Mm -hmm industries in both public and private sector so you know i'm excited that as we do our economic development work that we have people here that are are aware or want to be aware of that because as we're building an economic development strategy we need to be mindful that some of the people who will be ceos are outside of the traditional ceo i'm one of a few women ceos that i know of i um, in Cuba County, and I may be the only black one, black person, right, right? African-American person. But mm-hmm. I think that's another um, interesting thing for people in economic development to keep in mind. Our communities large enough to hold increasing numbers of women CEOs. And if they're not, we're pulling up chairs at tables anyway and make and and. Forcing that to happen mm-hmm. by our mere presence is a revolution in some ways. So, yeah. but it's exciting, and that's the kind of tension that I'm talking about, right? That's the kind of stuff that has Auburn, a feeling like a, a plane just before takeoff to me, because we're grappling, you know, we're rumbling with all of those ideas and, and issues as part of our economic
0: strategies. One hundred percent. So, I just wanted to ask you, um, how did you know your you know your mission? It sounds like has always been to support others and, you know, mm-hmm. um, provide services that have an element of outreach. How did Auburn support you and, and, mm-hmm. and your priorities?
1: You know, it's been a really interesting journey for me because, again, you know, I I am what I would call in my company an unexpected leader, right? A lot of the times I was the first and only and different, you know, and, you know, helping people normalize me as a leader, has been a very interesting experience, you know, the, that, that comes along with struggling to gain and sustain credibility. And then, of course, I decided that I was going to do all my legacy building here. And mm-hmm. I think that, you know, when you're the person that breaks, for me, a cement ceiling in that way, you have to yourself learn to do those things um, and adjust yourself your way of being to help people like take you seriously. Mm-hmm. And I found that what really helped me do that was this really powerful and mighty small group of people who got me right. They understood me and mm-hmm. mentored me along the way. And so having successful um, business people here in Auburn who understood me um, you know, I say this great list of women in MWGU, men who get us right, really <laughs> put their hands on my back and help me navigate some of those dynamics. And, I, you know, I'll be honest, you know, early on, I think when I first even started our first business, there weren't really that we knew of women starting businesses of the type that we could. So we had to navigate, you know, the financial community and getting banks to take this seriously. And then we actually started groups for women who are owning businesses so that we could create a network for ourselves and gain entree to major seats like at the chamber table. So I think that it was um d I, I don't want I think there's just a lot of interesting tension at the beginning of me becoming a business owner in the community, but mostly because I was on a, what I call an unexpected leader, someone that people didn't necessarily see coming. Mm-hmm. And, you know, since then, though, I think I've established really, really powerful relationships. You know, I was able to access a small business assistance program loan. My first bank was here in Auburn. Once I found people that could see the vision, my lawyers are here, my CPAs, my entire company is driven by women. Mm -hmm. my internally and externally. Right. And so I have been able to be this successful because I have this powerful inner circle of people that not only provide me the emotional support that it takes to be a successful entrepreneur, but also make uh, their job is to keep me courageous and not let me do anything crazy.
0: (laughs) No, it's incredible.
1: (laughs) That's their job. And so all those people help me do that. And, And Auburn's been very, very, um, successful to me because from the time I moved here, I've been breaking the glass ceiling or breaking what I call the semen ceiling in my life. Mm-hmm. And that's not always easy, right, no. for people to to understand or deal with. I was also very young. It's the other thing I should probably tell you. I was probably about 22 or 23 when I was given that big assignment to administer the grant that formalized the domestic violence program. Mm-hmm. I was about 25 or so, when I was the executive director of the Booker T. Washington Community Center in Auburn. And then when I was 28, I was the third executive director of the National Women's Hall of Fame. So, you know, that was really very much so in its infancy. So I am the kind of leader back then that this trend data is saying is heading in our direction now. Mm -hmm. And so I think that the community found its way to see me and I found my way to see the community. I've always been able to get everything I needed, pretty much locally, to, have this company that I literally sit in Auburn, New York and do business around the country and it's wow. all because of the services and support that I have here in auburn
0: that's wonderful and I think um I don't want to take up too much more of your time, but I think that's mm-hmm. a great a great segue um for my you know my final question um mm-hmm. and that's basically you know what would you say to someone that's thinking about uh you know a a startup or already has an existing small business and is looking to relocate or Mm -hmm. you know even just a remote worker um that has their eye on auburn you know what would you say Mm -hmm. to them about contemplating a move here
1: you know i would really encourage them to seriously consider moving here i think we are in such a beautiful place geographically you know i've lived here now almost 35 years and it literally takes my breath away when I see the full range of beauty that's within 50 miles of me. The other thing is that I think this is a great time to move to Auburn because it's very dynamic. The business atmosphere is very dynamic and I think with all of the organizations like CETA and ADA, you know, the other IDAs, the City Planning Office and the county, that they are working more collaboratively and coalescing around our desire. To invite people to come here and work, live, and play, um, and so I think that there's better services to provide that support to you. And I also think that if you need to travel other places, like I do, there's train stations and bus stations and airports, very, very close by. And the community itself is is really beautiful. And we experience all the joy and challenge that any other small city or you know in in our in the country is having. And I think we're doing the work and there's beautiful, beautiful people in both the business community who live here, generations of families that have lived here that are willing and ready to welcome other people that can be as excited and interested about the future of Auburn as we are. Mm. And we, and, we, and I invite you to join us and, and yeah. come check it out. It's a great place to live and a great
0: place to own a business. I love that. And I'm so glad we recorded that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Gwen. Well, I can't thank you enough for spending some time. I know how, Mm -hmm. how much you've got going on and your time is really valuable. So um, thank you again for this opportunity Mm -hmm. and um, for just sharing a little bit about, you know, how you wound up in Auburn and, and why, you know, you, you stayed and, and Mm -hmm. all the great things that, that have happened so far. And, and I congratulate you and, and all of your success and and obviously the, the the legacy that you're building is is really inspiring and motivating as another female you know business owner so
1: well, thank you so much i'm really honored that you know, that I was invited to be part of this project and don 't feel like um, this was you were imposing on my time at all um, being part of this process and being being a business owner who's excited about opening doors and pathways for other emerging and aspiring entrepreneurs. In the same way that I feel historically obligated to do the diversity, equity, inclusion work I do, as an entrepreneur, I feel historically obligated to continue Auburn's great tradition
0: Mm. of
1: business. And so it's my greatest honor to be part of this. And I'm committed to the success.
0: Oh, wonderful. Thank you so much, Gwen. You're such a joy. You are
1: welcome. I appreciate
0: it. Thank you so much. I can get to you again soon. Thank you again. Great. Take care. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. To the Auburn Possibility. Be sure to check out our other episodes.